waiting over here in <laughs> You're late. With that, Portland has everybody's has to go. What do you think? Should we shut the door and keep it open and see if people trickle in? Um, shut one door? Shut one door, yeah. Shut one door, I like it. Oh, I thought that was, is that left shark after the uh, no, I think it's no. a stitch. Oh, okay. stitch yeah. <laughs> we did have a left shark at Halloween this last year. Oh, wow, funny. But I don't think they meant it. <laughs> so I asked them. What? what <laughs> Are you left shark? What, what do you mean to be an accidentally unique <laughs> left shark? <laughs> Seems like a very binary proposition. Ah, all right. Shall we begin? We shall begin. Let's do it. Um, Welcome, all three of you! <laughs> Yay! Uh, how many of you have heard of Portland of the Movies before? One! So, so for everybody else... That's um, one third of the audience. Yes, 33% know Portland at the Movies. Um, so we are a podcast uh, hosted by myself, Brian, the Unipiper Kid. Uh, and joining me is uh, Todd on my right. Hello. And Mark on my left. Hello. Uh, and we are going through the catalog of all movies filmed in Portland and reviewing them one by one and finding all the stories uh, and uh, crazy moments from these films and sharing them with the world. And I think the one theme that unites most of these films is their quality or uh, lack. They're all lack of quality. Terrible movies filmed in Portland. Yes. Um, so today we have a really special treat. Uh, we designed this program um, to uh, be an introduction of sorts uh, to get people uh, up to speed on the cinema landscape in Portland. So uh, we've, we're each going to go through and talk about our favorite and least favorite films. Uh, and we're also going to do, I think, we have some trivia prepared for us, Todd. Yeah, yes. Yep, and uh, some, some other surprises. Uh, oh, and uh, we're going to be giving out awards today. Uh, this is the inaugural uh, giving out of the, we're calling them the Fasties, am I right? Yep. Yes. The Russ Fast Awards. Yes, so uh, Russ Fast is the, the patron, patron saint of our podcast um, because I think he appears in 92% of the films that we watch. Yes, yeah, so Russ Fast uh, it, it was, a, was a Portland actor and not well known, known enough to even have his uh, profile picture on IMDb, but we just kept noticing his name in all of our searches when we would watch our movies, and because he didn't have a picture. We never knew which one he was until way at the end of the movie. Like Russ Fast again. What? Which one were you? So much so that I believe we'll have some pictures of Russ Fast coming up. And when Mark was showing the presentation, I was like, Who's, well, that? who's that guy? Who are those people? Like and those are Russ all Russ three Fast. Russ Fast. So Russ Fast so far has been in all of these movies that we've reviewed on our show. He's been in uh, a few more, but these are the ones that reviewed: The Last Innocent Man, The Haunting of Sarah Hardy, Breaking In. Child of Darkness, Child of Light, Deadly Games, Duplicates, Dr. Giggles, The Tenth, Brain Smasher, A Love Story, uh, and In the Line of Duty, Blaze of Glory, and Payback. And I would not be able to pick him out of a lineup. He's always like, Doctor, or whatever, just like a big C. He's just kind of a, a smaller actor that would just be, but he, it's funny because you start recognizing all of these Portland-based actors that show up in... In, in these movies. So yeah, these will be the Russ Fast Awards in honor of Excellent. Yeah, uh, Russ he, Fast. He passed away in 2015, and uh, so his legacy lives on lives here on. for the movies. Yes. Um, okay, well, uh, it, it, we're also going to need the audience's help uh, at the end of the show because we're going to, as I said, we're presenting our favorite and our least favorite films, each one of us individually, 
and then it's going to be up to the audience to decide uh, an ultimate winner for best Portland film and uh, worst cinematic disaster. Um, so that said, why don't we dive right in? Perfect. Um, I'll go first, uh, presenting my my uh, nominee for best and worst film. So starting with best. Um, it is actually the most recent film that we watched for the show. Uh, it's a movie called Zero Effect, um, starring Bill Pullman and Ben Stiller. And I think what I really liked about this film is that uh, I forgot that I was um, watching it for the podcast. Like, Ooh, that is a good sign. Yeah, I, I felt like I was just watching a film. Um, and it was also, was it written and directed by Lawrence, uh, not Lawrence Casting, but his son, Jay Casting. Yeah, I think he wrote and directed it. So like before Orange County and before he kind of broke out. Right, so this was sort of his directorial debut. The son of Lawrence Kasdan, a uh, writer of, writer and director of Strikes Back. So anyways, uh, fantastic Portland shots in there. Um, engaging plot, the acting is uh, pretty good. Uh, the casting is a little questionable, Bill Pullman. That's why I'm surprised and we'll take a, I think we have the trailer here. So maybe you should watch the trailer first. All right, yeah. Let's, let's, I'm so this is a 30 second trailer. See if the media plays. Where's your speaker? My employer is hardly your typical client detective. I'm going to tell you about the curtain. He's working the smooth stop way you've ever seen. Free, slick, coming. I'm going to stand up here and point out. Free, nice, fabulous talent. That Portland Airport carpet. <laughs> it was in the trailer. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It was. Yeah. Right. All right. So this one, interesting. You should, yeah, we just watched this, and I didn't care for it because I can never get. It's the story of Bill Pullman being a quirky detective that has all of these things going on, and Bill Pullman is just such a wooden actor. I can never get past that. He's, yeah, so I was surprised. He's supposed to be an over-the-top quirky character. Yeah. But he's a straight. But he's Bill Pullman. Yeah. He's at the same time, he has that I, working against him. I don't think it's possible to do both. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so maybe uh, enough said on zero effect. Uh, my takeaway is that uh, it's a movie, and uh, that is high <laughs> and praise. It is high praise to say that we kind of forgot when we were watching it that it was one of the movies we have to watch. Yes, because the quality was so much better. On the other end of the spectrum, on the other <laughs> end, uh, we've got uh, this movie called Frozen Assets. Frozen Assets, um, long-time listeners of the show have probably heard us uh, drone on about this film. Um, it, it is uh, baffling. Uh, it's one of those movies that you watch it and, and you just don't know what's going on because, um, well, let's set it up. The, the uh, plot is that um, Corbin, um, we'll get to the trailer in a minute. I'll, I'll just give a, a verbal uh, quick summary. Corbin Bernson plays um, a banker who was sent to uh, manage and take over a bank, it's, uh, it's not performing well and he's gonna turn it around. So when he shows up, um, he didn't know this, but guess what, it's a sperm bank. Um, and uh, hilarity ensues. And uh, I, I couldn't decide whether to show a trailer or to just play Siskel and Ebert's review of the film. Uh, I ultimately decided on the trailer, but I will uh, read this quote from Gene Siskel. Um, as depressing an experience as I've ever had going to the movies. That's, that's 23 years of going to the movies professionally, maybe six, 7,000 pictures, perhaps the worst comedy ever made. Gene Siskel. 
Wow. So, uh, yeah, let's play the trailer so folks can get a taste of the tone of the film. First family bank was failing. You turn it around and show me a profit in six months and you're back here as our next VP. A bank, Mom. They may be president of a bank. Zach, you can't even bounce your own checkbook. Mr. Shepard, this isn't exactly your local Chase Manhattan. Well, it could be if we offered a little more personalized touch. If I got any more personal, I'd be arrested. Living is a miracle. I'll get down on all fours. That's how eager I am to please. We got Zach Shepard instead. Oh, hello, hello, hello. I'd like to take out a loan. What is this, a we don't care kind of bank? Oh, just too. Typical, run-of-the-mill, nothing out of the ordinary sperm bank. Ah, Zach knows the importance of teamwork. Wait a minute! Send my secretary in, please. You don't have a secretary. Nice. Slow, think around much cable. This is a good day. No crime. It was all set to win the war. Damn it, Chrissy Muggle! But he was losing the battle on the sexes. Advanced training for you. I can tell you're going to be a big help around here. Now Zach has a plan. A contest? Every yes, a contest. And you haven't had sex in the past 28 days. It's a little controversial. Our assets shouldn't be bought and sold. They're gifts from God. But Zach is determined to serve you. Gentlemen, dark, dark, Six times. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is uh, written, written with the tone of uh, a slapstick comedy aimed at children, uh, though the subject matter is anything but. I, I rest my case. Um, oh, it, it, and we, we love this film so much, Todd. Why don't you show us? Yes, it has um, led to the most absurd thing I think I own, which is uh, something Brian gave me, which is a blanket. <laughs> of the VHS box of Frozen Assets. So Does that keep you warm at night? It keeps <laughs> me warm at night, Frozen It's just such a bug, because I mean, so many of these movies are bad, but like when good people are in these terrible, I mean, Shelley Long is wonderful as an actress and a comedian, and just to see, see them come to Portland and, and do something so terrible. I still do think this was part of, of a tax dodge, though. Because at the beginning, it's it's you know not a Columbia picture or a Fox whatever it was, a Frozen Assets production, and I'm like this is just a, <laughs> a front. Like it's too terrible to like be anything other than that. Well, let's let's watch this taste from our mouth. Uh, probably maybe not the best. Uh, <laughs> um, Todd, you got some trivia for us? I do have some trivia. Yes, we've watched a lot of movies over the way uh, over the uh, uh, past couple years. And I had a quote, I listened back to a couple of other uh, old shows, and I have this quote from Brian, so I am wondering if uh, Brian and Mark, you know the answer to this question. About which movie did Brian remark the sexual tension between the brother and sister is palpable? I remember that happening, I don't remember the movie now. Uh, it was, is it a supernatural thriller? Yes. With the devil? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, is it Child of Darkness, Child of Light? No. No. 
Um, one of the ones that happened at the Pit Off Mansion? No, it is from Exorcist the Fallen. Oh, oh uh, right. Which is uh, not good <laughs> as a movie or a concept or anything. Uh, yes, the, the brother sister love of uh, the Exorcist. We couldn't figure out for half the movie if they, if they were dating or if they were brother and sister. Or what was, and they were like in their 20s and far too innocent. Yeah, they would go out to drink together, and they were like all flurry, and totally. they were brothers. Yeah, yeah, totally. <clears throat> Good one, Todd. Cool. So I'm sure you rec uh, recognize those three people at the top. Those are all three Russ Fats. Oh my God, this uh, is the first time I've seen him. I know. That's why I said who. I thought I thought you had found a template of like Steven's in memoriam, and I was like, but we'll change that. Is that dollar store knockoff Steven Spielberg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so the three, uh, the three of the first round, we have uh, best use of sperm in a movie poster. Well, that's got to be frozen assets. Uh, it's all over. So if you, yes, there is. Uh, you've kind of seen the logo of this. So how many posters would you assume? We've done about 60, 65 movies. Uh, how many of them? And you can think just in generally in your life. How many movie posters have you seen that have sperm in them? And how many are on our list? Um, more than I had thought even this morning. There are three. So we Spunk's not dead. Spunk's not dead, which is a, a uh, half good and half bad compilation movie. Um, anthology. Uh, anthology, oh. yes. Uh, Brian, why don't you describe the conceit oh, of this movie? Please. Do I have to? Yes. Okay. Um, in, in the world of this movie, there are five loosely connected stories with the premise being... Uh, Semen is a drug that you can take, and it makes you crazy. Yeah. Moving on. That, that, is, that is enough. We also have yeah. Slapped the Movie. Slapped the Movie. Slapped the Movie. Which we'll hear about more later. We will hear a little bit more about later. And I do, I will say one good thing about Spunk, or Slapped the Movie is that going in, I thought, oh, this, is, this poster is kind of good, but only because I also missed the uh, Eggplant emoji with the semen coming out. So, so which one is the winner? So I don't know. Oh, and the oh, third one well, is frozen assets. The third one is frozen assets. Yeah, and I would say yes. Any crowd favorites of these <laughs> uh, these sperm posters you've seen? I would say frozen assets because that like at least they have the dignity to like right. work it in to the logo. It's not really so in your face, so to speak, as these other mm -hmm. ones. So. I will have to say that I mean Frozen Assets takes the uh, cool. takes the cake. And uh, the next award was uh, from me. This is the best evolution of an Alexa. Oh. Uh, and so this movie is called Homewrecker. And from 1992, the uh, there's a AI that this guy builds in his house, and then it becomes sentient and starts uh, building arms. Uh, of it, of it. I stone. remember this was the very first movie uh, on the Sci-Fi Channel. Very first movie, yeah. Oh, this wow. was the right. debut movie of the Sci-Fi Channel, and so he's coming home to meet Lucy, his AI, and uh, <laughs> she has some surprises for him. Welcome home, David.
And so she commences to show him that she has built arms throughout the house to assist him, including in the bedroom. And uh, so this is Homewrecker, the best evolution of an Alexa. Good, good pick, Mark. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be on my honorable mention list because other than the complete ridiculousness and ridiculousness of that arm, that arm thing, the rest of the movie was really good. It was about the Alexa then falling in love with a guy and then when the wife comes, gets jealous and tries to kill her, but then like tries to kill her with basically like a microphone stand, <laughs> a microphone stand yeah. arm that comes out of the ceiling. And the next one oh, is mine, yeah. Best Use of Portland Extras. Yes. Oh, yes. So uh, this is a movie that I don't oh, feel- R.I.P. Raquel Welch. Yeah, I don't feel like this movie gets enough attention because it's about roller derby in Portland in the 1970s, starring Raquel Welch, who uh, passed away sadly last week. Um, but the, the best thing about this movie are the scenes um, of the crowd at the roller matches. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Um, and, and our theory is that they had TriMet buses just show up and just shoveling people off the bus into the stands. Like this is uh, a shot in the arm of 1970s uh, Portland uh, just a bunch citizens. of goons yeah. and weirdos. Sky Figures nose. Filmed in 1972. Crazy. I think we have some there. twins in there. Totally. There's the, the, old, the old lady. The old lady. The, yeah. Oh, the old lady who, uh, yeah. And I, I believe this must have just been at a real roller derby match because they're not. This isn't like director directing people to get excited. This is people getting excited because they're seeing roller derby. This is a compilation of all of the uh, extra shots from the whole film. So yeah. together it's like two and a half minutes solid. Um, and they keep cutting back to some of the, you get that to know, lady too. You really get to know these characters by the end. <laughs> um, at some point there's a, a Colin Malloy lookalike from the Decemberists. Um, <laughs> I could watch this video. <laughs> There's the twins. Boys, twins. Uh, this should just be playing in the background of like a hip club. Just like totally over and over and over. Totally. No, there's yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, so you get the okay. picture. Get yes. the picture. Congratulations, uh, uh, yeah, go Kansas City Bomber. Yeah. Yeah, starring Raquel Welch. Okay, Mark, uh, what, what was your um, so must watch? My topic for must watch, this was the first film uh, to be filmed only in American Sign Language. It was not filmed with any audio track initially. They went in later uh, to add in an audio track because it was meant for the deaf community. Uh, and this was the only movie about a deaf Dracula and a uh, really a time capsule of 1970s Portland. So this has lots of uh, background scenery of uh, streets around Portland. And this movie is of course, Defula. And uh, what is the tagline there, Mark? Uh, no one can hear you scream. And uh, there's a lot of great things about this movie. You think uh, Alien was uh, playing off of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, because they didn't record the audio initially, they went back in and dubbed things. But a lot of the actors were, you know, the actors are speaking American Sign Language, and they did a literal translation of everything into the audio track, and sometimes it got really weird, including uh, their Yeah, because for American Sign Language, there's no like one-on-one -on -one how we speak, it's its own language of how it's constructed, so. It's a little odd. All right, good, start over. Good to see you again. So it's starting, okay, so, so the setup is that um, our, our main character is the detectives uh, uh, investigating this murder. 
are um, meeting for the first time uh, at, at uh, a restaurant. And uh, it starts with uh, this gentleman trying to introduce himself. And then the other gentleman is like, don't introduce yourself, that's enough, you're weird. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. Portland Cinematic Disaster. So this was based on a true story of a book that got great reviews, uh, had an amazing cast, including Brendan Fraser, Harrison Ford, Carrie Russell, uh, a $31 million budget, and it was a terrible stink bomb of a movie. Uh, uh, just as a example, this is a, a clip describing a genetic disease over a conversation in a bar. I tried to show this to my husband and he told me to shut it off because it was just making him fall asleep. And so this is two minutes. If you want to fall asleep, uh, uh, call me later. We don't have a lot of folks, so let's not put any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trivia time. Oh, oh trivia time, yes. Uh, we have, so speaking of Brendan Fraser, extraordinary measures, Brendan Fraser has shown up twice in uh, our movies. What is the other movie Brendan Fraser has been featured in? Oh, I vaguely remember. Only I know only because we just talked about it okay. this morning. Okay. Yes. okay, wait a minute. Um, uh, it was before he was famous? Yes. He was playing basketball? Yes. And he was just like almost an extra, he was just, like a high school basketball team. Yes. What was that movie? Uh, oh, it was a detective. It was a mystery. Was it Child of Darkness, Child of Light? It was Child of Darkness, Child of Light. Which we'll talk about. Which we will talk about later. Oh, okay. and Adam said this is kind of a bonus one. Uh, Adam Scott was also prominently featured in a, a co-starring role in one of the movies. Uh, Adam Scott from uh, Parks and Rec and now Severance uh, was uh, in one of the movies in a co-starring uh, role. Which movie was that, and who was the stars? Do you remember? No. He was constantly, and I wish I had the clip here, but he was constantly being hustled out of everything, like he had been arrested and like a cop, so like every scene he was in, he was like being grabbed and like dragged oh. off somewhere, and I made this compilation that's just all of him being dragged off screen screaming. What, was it the Mary Tyler Moore movie? It was the Mary Tyler Moore movie. Uh, oh, Payback. Payback, yes. With, Ed Asner and Mary Tyler Moore. The reunion of the century. Yes. Oh, that's right. The <laughs> so yes, early early roles for some people, including Brendan Fraser and Adam Scott. So it's always fun to watch those people pop up. Cool. So the next round of the fasties are going to be these three topics. So best movie poster, best historical views of Portland, and most alternate titles. So for the first one of best movie poster, 
is actually uh, a tie there, Todd, right? Yeah, a tie, because um, this one we were just talking about, Child of Darkness, Child of Light, has an amazing cover. It's compelling. It makes you really want to see it, or at least hope it's a B-movie. Yeah, it looks like one of those uh, horror novel, like D.C. Andrews. Uh... Yeah, oh, that's a good one. So yeah, it's a nun, but her face is blacked out in the shadows, and she's kind of in the shadows, and she's holding this baby. and. But the movie itself is just really dull and interesting. It was a made-for-TV something or other, and was so often that these the the cover art is so much better than the uh, actual movie. All right, and the other one, which was the Last Innocent Man, starring Ed Harris, which gets this like Drew Struzan-esque <laughs> beauty shot of of uh, the stars, and which again was just a terribly boring made-for-USA TV movie. Best use of dead hooker in a poster? Yes, <laughs> and that will come back as well. So those are my picks for best poster. I can decide between the two. Cool, and then uh, my pick for the best historical views of Portland goes to the 1957 uh, film noir called Portland Exposé. And Portland Exposé uh, goes into the seedy underbelly of the actual crime families of uh, pinball gambling in the 1950s, which was featured in a Time Life uh, ep, uh, yeah. uh, best movie mag- based on a magazine article. <laughs> totally. yes. And uh, and so this has lots of 1950s Portland video uh, of uh, establishing shots. So here they're of uh, PDX, yes. and so they've got clips from the airport and from around town. A lot of establishing shots uh, around the city, and so this is definitely the best historical views of Portland uh, uh, of any movie that we watched, I believe. Yeah, and if you go to portlandfilmmovies.com, which is our website, slash map, for all 60 movies, I've been trying to get screen caps from that movie and put it in the location, so like if you go to the airport, there's been five or six movies throughout the years, and you can click on it and see the pictures from the movie of what it used to look like at that location, so if anybody wants to check that out. I know that's going to be the first thing you do when you rush out. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, the best, um, or the most alternate titles goes to the Vernonia Vernonia incident. Right. So um, in researching this movie, we found out that uh, at different times it was released under five different titles. Um, This poster showing uh, two of them on one poster, uh, Redneck Country Justice, uh, the Vernonia incident, uh, also, Country Justice in Oregon, um, also Lynch Mob Vigilantes, and then uh, Redneck Revenge. Um, and uh, I do like the one in Oregon. It, yeah. it is like an Amazon.com description of the movie. Oh, in Oregon, iPhone 13. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, oh, oh uh, do you have easy access to the media? Uh, no, okay, don't worry about it. There is a scene in this movie where uh, it, it is a schlocky, low, low, low budget um, community 80s, effort. 80s community, movie. like they got the whole town together to help make this movie. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's a um, schlocky action, uh, uh, criminals uh, uh, take over the town, the townspeople fight back. And there's a scene where someone has been shot and uh, this clearly an extra in the town is performing CPR. And he's like probably 70 years old and he, he's over the man. He puts one hand on his chest and takes his other hand and he goes, that's C- that's him doing CPR. It was fantastic. 
Um, and then uh, the, other, the only other thing I want to say about this movie is that uh, it was the one, do you guys remember what film that the director went, so unfortunately we, oh, the director left Oregon after this, moved to Florida, and that continued right. making like, he made a movie every year for like the next 20 years. Do you remember what one of them was? Only because I saw your image of it, it was Fart the Movie. Fart the Movie. Brought to you by the Bernardo. We might have to watch that as like a, a bonus episode. As a, as a cruel punishment for <laughs> Fart or whatever car movie. Fart the Movie. Cool, okay, guys. so Todd, your uh, take for must-see movie. My, I was going back and forth uh, from this movie called Train Master, which is a children's movie about kids that go on this adventure on a runaway train that's going to end up at the nuclear cooling tower by Trojan that they imploded back in the whenever, and they actually caught the implosion on film and used that. It's just a really charming little movie. But I had to go back to a movie called Back Time, which is a movie directed guy, by a guy named Stephen Miller, not the one Matt, from Mad Max. But he made three movies in this area and then disappeared off the face of the earth. We can't find anything more about him. But this movie is, and you can just, uh, it's Doctor Who meets Power Rangers meets um, Time Cop. Time Cop. No, it's like, Back to the Future 2. It's time travel. Time travel movie, great movie. Low budget. They're actually not great, but these they got a guy, one of the Doctor Who characters, to voice this gigantic robot that they made into this costume. I mean, not just any Doctor Who character, like, um, uh, what was his name? The, the, the main Tom, Tom ba Baker. Baker, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his first feature film. Uh, since Doctor Who, I think. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm, low budget, you know, all the things that you associate with low budget movies, but just has all of that heart and all of that, like, this is a great little movie that we were hoping to find in more of these important movies. But, the so plot was good. The plot was good, too. It's time travel. It's basically these characters <clears throat> running after themselves in this time loop out the industrial area of yeah. Highway 30. Yeah, Highway 30 on your way up to, to the bridge, the St. John's Bridge. Uh, there's a house there, it's still there. Uh, there's a, a train yard across the street, that's still there. You can go and check out a lot of the locations. But most importantly, it brought us the, um, and I'm wearing the shirt right now, the... <laughs> what? what is What's Zymo? Todd? What is what Zymo? Is Zymo? Zymo is a creature in this movie that is um, played by a little person and but has it all like... First? Yeah, let's show. So this is a clip of the big huge robot voiced by Tom Baker. In the Columbia Gorge, this is kind of at the end of the movie where, but you'll see the little character Zymo. Zymo. Hey, Sarge, what is it with you and Zymo anyway? You know, you guys the only ones around? Yes. Must get kind of lonely. Oh, we have our visitors from time to time. Zymo keeps busy tying boxes or doesn't. You play past the midgets? Sure is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Zymo really likes you. You have courage. You dare to leave the labyrinth. It'll make him happy if you stay How did you get that scar? I touched the time door. 
You didn't touch the tide door. I stopped you, remember? You'd escaped from your cell and were wearing armor. Oh no! <laughs> so it's just, I mean, it was so wonderful to see the beauty of the Columbia Gorge, that a great robot costume, and so back to Zymo. Zymo is portrayed both as like, I don't understand how to do high five, and I'm like really dumb, but it also like inventing these time portal machines and like putting, it's a creature that has been around for like millennium or something, so it was like, it, it, Zymo is either really smart, is Zymo human, like, what is Zymo? What is Zymo? I don't know. So it was, yeah, in the uh, our episode that we recorded, you said the line, what is Zymo? I want a t-shirt that just says, what, what is, is Zymo? So I obliged. And so years later, I get a mysterious email from someone that's like, oh, I'm going to be in Portland, and I have some information about that time. And we are trying to find the director so we can talk to him. Um, and so we arranged this meetup, and we didn't know who we were there for or what to look for. And all of a sudden, a, a little person walks by, and me and Brian look at each other, and we go, holy shit, it's, it's Zymo. Zymo came up. She uh, tracked us down. She tracked us down. She lives in Eugene, heard our episode. She doesn't know where the director is either, because uh, she's great. Her name is Sherry, uh, told some stories from Fantastic. making it, and it's the only movie she's been in. They were just making it in the area, and um, you can find it. It's all online, so if you go on YouTube, you should be able to find back time. Um, but just a great, a great movie uh, that was everything Sol that I wanted to find. So, yeah. yeah, so that's my pick. And how about the most embarrassing Vancouver cinematic disaster? Oh yes, I, the worst thing we've ever watched is called Slapped the Movie, which was uh, made out of a movie from a bunch of YouTube shorts. And while the poster looked promising, it was, Mark, please it's, describe Slapped. Uh, I, Oh. Let's just watch the trailer and, uh, until we can't anymore. And yeah. Hey, YouTube, Meet Alex, responsible, itchy, lonely, and miserable. Meet Matt. Don't hurt Jeff Lee. Yeah, the trailer. Oh, yeah. Smothered. Uh... So they switch bodies, and it's just terrible. I mean, already in that trailer, there was a boner joke, and this movie is misogynistic. It's cruel. It's, it's got the. Uh, and it was made in 2017. It's not like a oh, this relic from the 80s that they didn't know any better. Yeah. It is. It's got the uh, comedic sensibilities of a crypto bro. <laughs> and the crypto bro is nine. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, a truly, truly awful. Awful experience. Avoidable movie. And that comes from Vancouver, I'm gonna say once again. Yeah. <laughs> Not Portland. Trivia break. <clears throat> Trivia break. Okay. Moments of Truth is a series of 21 made-for-TV movies that had different titles. What was the name of the first one that was filmed here in Portland? Moment of Truth colon. I remember. Oh, I don't remember. Really? Moment of truth, why my daughter? Why my daughter. daughter, yes. Not why my daughter. Why my daughter. Why my daughter. Why my daughter. Um, and here's a little bonus question. So 
out of these, which one is not in part of Ooh. the official canon of Moment of Truth? Oh, this is okay. I'm ready. So everything is Moment of Truth colon. Abduction of Innocence. The Other Mother. The Other Mother. Cradle of Conspiracy. Stalking Back. Or A Child Too Many. That's definitely a real one. I remember that one. Cradle of Conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, that, that's where I'm from. Yeah. It was a trick question. They were all parts of the <laughs> Including, yes, A Mother's Deception, Murder or Money, and uh, my favorite, A Child Too Many, which applies. You're like, where'd all these children come from, suddenly? <laughs> there, there's too many. 12, by one. 11, 12, 13. That is A Child Too Many. <laughs> so, yes. Cool. And our final round of the Fasties Award, uh, we'll go over three things. The most visceral, viscerally horrifying thing that he's ever seen depicted in a movie. Best use of Chuck Norris to stop a chainsaw from corporate exploitation and logging of Mount Hood. Mm -hmm. And best unsanctioned use of a bazooka on Mount Hood, which also can be top film I wish I could watch in English. And so... Uh, it's a very niche category. <laughs> each, yeah. So, Todd, uh, the most viscerally horrifying thing you've ever seen depicted in a movie? Yes, in the movie Cabin Fever, which is a remake of the original Cabin Fever, which I hadn't seen up to that point, um, we were watching this, and there's a part where one of their group that goes to the cabin gets infected. They put her in the barn to quarantine her so she won't attack them. Her boyfriend or whoever goes in... And she's like turned into the zombie monster, whatever, and is pleading with the boyfriend to kill her. But no, he attacks the boyfriend. The boyfriend, who has a gun, throws gasoline on her. She's all full of wounds. He throws gasoline on her and tries to light her on fire, which doesn't work. And she's there, still human enough to be pleading, please kill me, please kill me, which is horrible enough. Instead of taking the gun and ending your life, he finds a shovel in the in the shed, takes the shovel and rams it down into her face, which then splits open and she is still not dead. This poor and she wasn't like the bad character of the movie. She was just like the girlfriend, like the nice girlfriend. And the cruelty shown it was shocking, even in a horror movie. I mean, it was great. I'm still talking about it. It was, like, it was I mean, so horrifying. And the, the, the makeup and special effects in that was really good, too. But wow, that was quite something. The movie, not so much. Uh, the the, the yeah. original is, is, I like the original. Yes. All right, Mark. So my take on the best use of Chuck Norris to stop a chainsaw from corporate exploitation and logging of Mount Hood comes from Forest Warrior from 1996. So, uh, Chuck Norris stars in a Portland movie uh, as a uh, former Native American from 150 years ago who has come back to life to have his spirit protect the mountain uh, from corporate logging. I imagine the script where you read, yes, but can we get Chuck Norris for this? It's <laughs> obvious, it's perfect for him. I thought that this was, uh, was this written by Chuck Norris? Or uh, oh, no, but his brother project. was like the producer, there was like some. There was a lot, a lot of nepotism in yeah. there, but so he, he wears a Native American garb, is the closest we get to uh, uh, actually being a Native American, but. Come on in! Oh, okay. Yes! 
plays the spirit of the uh, the Native American that protects the the mountain from logging by shape shifting into either a bear, an eagle, or a wolf, and so he will swoop in and and uh, kick and somebody. Constantly and, doing flying kicks because that is his one it's his amazing. one skill set. It's amazing. Um, and then I was okay, Brian. The yes. best. Unsanctioned use. Go ahead. Of a bazooka on Mount Hood, and we know this because we talked to somebody involved with the production, and they confirmed that they didn't have any kinds of permits or anything. Um, and uh, oh, and then also the top film I wish I could watch in English. So this was one of the first movies that we watched, and we got a hold of a German VHS. Uh, we did not know if it was going to be in German or English, so when we put it in, it, we were at okay. first devastated to learn that it was in German, but then kind of became charming. Um, so we still have not seen this film in English. Uh, we're still trying to track down an English copy. This is also on YouTube too, which is very much worth watching. The German this version. very high up in our list of things that we watch. Yeah, so um, what we're gonna see now is uh, a scene showing uh, use of uh, firearms, a four-barrel bazooka on Mount Hood. And terrible uh, language dubbing. Yes. <laughs> So remember, they don't have any arms permits to do any filming of explosions like at all. The guy that worked at Mount Timber Earth, at uh, Timberland Lodge. And they built, like, jury rigged this working bazooka. Zero effect. Zero. We got nice. one for zero effect. Back time. Nice. One for back time. Defula. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> None of the above. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> no, <that's fine. laughs> if we had a three-way time. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, time between zero effect and back time. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Nice. Solid. Solid picks. And then um, for. Which film should we eradicate from the face of the earth? <laughs> I know which one has my vote, and it wasn't mine. Which one has your vote? Well, let's just see what the audience well, yes, yes, true. All right, Extraordinary Avengers. Should we get rid of that? It's kind of inoffensive. Yeah. Uh, Frozen Assets. It's pretty bad, but <laughs> slap the movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> so powerful is the sting that goes on the slab. Even people with low emotional investment just at the, at the past. They, they could tell. Yes. <laughs> and uh, then you had one more trivia? Yes, I wanted to do a couple honorable mentions. Oh, oh honorable no, mentions. Mention. Mention. Okay. Uh, at the end, one was it, you can see in the poster of Last Innocent Man what we started car calling Poor Alley, because whenever they need to make Portland look like a big huge urban city is that space um, in between Ankeny. Ankeny and they always like mood lighted tons of fog and there's always like prostitutes hanging out and that's where they always show it. so we call and you can see it a little bit in that poster there with that dead prostitute horror that, alley not horror alley no horror alley because that's always where all the they think all the prostitutes <laughs> stand that and I thought that poster for uh, Foxfire starring Angelina Jolie deserved a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so a little Unipiper dubbed in. With the Unipiper plugged in there. But uh, yeah, that's all I had. So. Great. Cool. Awesome. Uh, uh, probably got wraps it up. Two or three minutes. Yeah, two or three minutes. Any questions? questions? Uh, Anyone remember, remember the name of our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, is this Angelina Jolie before Hackers? Or, oh. Just right after, it was it yeah, was after. right after Hackers. She was married to Johnny Lee Miller at the time when she met on the Hackers. She was married to that guy for like a year. Yeah, yeah, great uh, bridge shots in, in that movie. But. She, yeah, though they stood people on top of the Burnside Broadway, Broadway bridge with apparently no harnesses and like just a beautiful helicopter shot that like goes way back and during the end credits with someone just standding on top. It was Angelina Jolie. It wasn't Julia She's standing on top of the Broadway Bridge. And, and like they didn't make you see her climb up and then stand up and then it pans out. And it's it's pretty remarkable for for that movie. But anyway. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, uh, hope everybody uh, tunes in and keeps listening. And uh, yeah, uh, if anybody finds any Portland movies, we're always looking to add to our ongoing list. Uh, but I don't think we're going to run out anytime soon. I think we're at like 300 films. Um, and we've only gotten through 60. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you guys for taking some time out of your day to, to stop by. Um, and that is it. And that's our show. Thank you. Thank you.